Good morning. I would put on my glasses, but then I wouldn't be able to read my iPad, and so then we'd be in really big trouble. So instead, all of you guys are going to be blurry. <laughs> so let's pray. Father God, Lord, I thank you um, just for this opportunity to share um, what you put on my heart. Lord, I just pray that you would speak through me, Lord, that anything that I say, Lord, that is not of you would just be stricken from these people's minds, Lord, that you would open our hearts and our minds, Lord, to this message, because it is just as much for me as it is for anybody else. I thank you, Lord, and I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So many of you know that I was sick for a couple weeks back in late August, early September, um, and I believe that I had COVID. Um, and the only reason I believe that is because I still cannot smell um, and things taste funny. Um, and they say that's a symptom. So I believe that I was sick. And I was sick for two weeks. Um, and coincidentally, just before I got sick, I heard a little snippet of a sermon or a broadcast on Moody Radio. One of the rare days that I actually drove to work and I was running around doing errands. And I got this little snippet of a program and it was on rest and Sabbath rest. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. I'd like to listen to this whole thing. And then, you know, sure enough, two or three days later, I get sick. Um, so while I was sick and I couldn't go to work and I couldn't come to church and I couldn't do anything um, except work from home, I decided, well, I'll just see if I can find this and I can listen to it. And it was actually a sermon from Mark Joby. And um, he is the pastor of a church in um, Chicago, Illinois. And um, he is actually one of the main people with Moody Radio. I can't remember what he does. Um, but it was a three-part series, um, and I was actually able to find his entire sermon on YouTube. And I um, listened to it, watched it um, probably half a dozen times because it really, really impacted me. And the other interesting thing was, as sick as I was, Dave never got sick, and he was there. He had to stay home the first three days with me because his boss didn't want him coming to work because he'd been exposed, um, but he never got sick, um, which is rare um, that one of us gets sick and the other one doesn't. Um, so this message um, about rest is just as much for me as it is for you because I realized I am overworked, um, my schedule is way overloaded. Um, I am often overwhelmed. Um, many of you can attest to that, that you'll ask me how I'm doing, and I probably say I'm overwhelmed. Um, and I'm also overstressed. There is so much going on in my life. Um, and I tell people, especially at work, if you want me to do something, you have to send me an email, because if you tell me, I will forget, because there's so much going on up in my brain that if I don't write it down or I don't see it in writing, I won't remember it. Um, and so I realize that I am way too busy. And I believe that as Americans, we're really getting to a point where we're at an epidemic where everybody is busy, especially if you're working. Um, we just have so much on our plate and there's so much going on that we don't take time for ourselves. 
Um, and that also includes parents. Um, even if you are not working outside of the home, you're working in the home. And with schedules and everything, it just gets to be way too much. And so the Lord used my getting COVID, I think, to make me stop and rest and really consider what I was doing to my body. Um, turn with me to Genesis chapter 2. We're going to start in Genesis um, at the very, very beginning. I don't know if I'm able to do this. We're going to see. So chapter 1 of Genesis talks all about creation and the first six days of creation and how God created the world. Um, and when you get to chapter 2, verses 1, and, 1 through 3, it says, thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. So that's the very end of the sixth day. And on the seventh day, verse 2, God ended his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. And so... Chapter 1 talks about all of creation and those first six days. But when we talk about how God created the world, we say God created the world in seven days. But yet he really only did it in six days, but that seventh day is just as important. And what did God do on that seventh day? He rested. And so at the very beginning of creation, he is establishing this work-rest balance that we are supposed to pattern in our lives. Yes, amen. It's not just about a day. It's a lifestyle. And any spiritual discipline, um, whether it be prayer or fasting or um, tithing or anything like that, it requires work and it requires consistency. And I don't believe that... Um, I personally have ever really considered rest and that seventh day as a spiritual discipline. And, but I firmly believe that it is now after everything that I have done. And so God took the six days to create the world. He's rested on the seventh day. And seven days is a day is completion, means completion in the Bible. And so the number seven is really significant. Excuse me. Um, so he included that seventh day as part of that entire process, which makes that day of rest just as important. Amen. So why do you guys think God rested on the seventh day? Anybody? Okay. To see what he had done. A lot of people will say, well, maybe he was tired. I don't think God was tired. God was omnipotent, which means he was all powerful. He doesn't get tired. I believe that he rested to see everything that he had done, but also to give us an example of how we're supposed to live our lives. That we should be taking a day out of seven days and resting. So Genesis one twenty seven just going back a tiny bit, says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. 
male and female, he created them. And so if we are created in God's image, and God felt that it was important to take that rest on the seventh day, how come we, as believers, often don't consider that day important? If it was important to God, it should be important to us. So Sabbath is not mentioned again until you get to Moses in the Bible. Granted, it's not that far along, but it's several hundred, maybe a thousand years. And so Moses, right around between chapters 1 and 15, you see the Israelites are enslaved in Egypt. And then Moses um, eventually gets them released, and they're walking through the desert. And leading up to chapter 16, um, they're wandering through the desert. Um, In Exodus chapter 16, um, which is really only about two and a half months from leaving Egypt, um, the Lord or the Israelites, they're frustrated. They're tired. They've been walking. And this is only two and a half months into their 40-year journey. Um, They're tired. They're irritable. They're grumbling. And they're mad. And they tell Moses, why did you lead us out of Egypt? We could have just stayed there. And they're grumbling about food and they're grumbling about other things. And here the Lord tells Moses in Exodus 16, 4 and 5, that he's going to provide manna for them. And he tells them, he tells uh, Moses to tell the people, collect only what you need for one day. And he says, don't collect any more because if you hold it over, it will breed worms and start to stink. And so I'm sure several of the Israelites did it. They collected more than they needed for one day, and they held it over, and the next day they got up, and that manna was probably stinky and had worms in it. And then the Lord tells Moses, but on the sixth day, tell them to collect a double portion, because God is again establishing that pattern of work and rest, that he didn't want them working and collecting the manna on the seventh day. And so he says, have them collect a double portion, and when you hold it over, it's not going to stink and it's not going to breed worms. And sure enough, on that seventh day, it didn't. Six days of work and one day of rest. That's what God wants us to do. And then if you flip over to Exodus chapter 20, we now have the Ten Commandments. And I'm sure most of us know the Ten Commandments, or at least have heard them, um, and can probably tell you what most of them are. No, I'm good. Um, So the first three commandments are all about God. The first one being no other gods before me. The second one, don't make any idols that are a god. And the third one, taking the Lord's name in vain. (coughs) The fourth commandment is all about rest. Verse 8 says, 8 through 11 says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and all that is in them and rested the seventh day. 
Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and hallowed it. So the first three commands are about God. The last six commands are all about our relationship with people. And sandwiched in the middle is the commandment that relates to us. And I firmly believe that if we are not keeping that commandment, that commandment for Sabbath rest, our relationships with God and our relationships with other people are going to suffer because you're not taking care of yourself. And so to have the best relationship with both the Lord and both with other people, we have to be able to rest. You know, the fourth commandment is probably the most controversial, the most understood, and I would say probably the most broken by believers because we think that we're busy and what we're doing is important and a little bit of rest in the evening or a little bit of rest on Sunday morning at church or a little bit of rest on Saturday afternoon is fine because we've got so many other things going on. But really, God established that pattern from the very beginning. Six days of work, one day of rest. He doesn't say take a partial day here and there. He says take one day of rest. There's also several questions about this commandment. You know, as Christians, are we supposed to observe the Sabbath? This is an Old Testament. What day are we supposed to observe the Sabbath? Is it Saturday? Is it Sunday? Is it any day I choose? Are we truly not supposed to work on the Sabbath? What is, what is considered work? You know, all those things are questions that people have. And I'm going to tell you, I don't have all the answers, um, but I did a lot of study on this because the God, because God really, he really convicted me that I was not doing what I was supposed to be doing. Transition time. How many of you have ever bought something that came with a manual, an owner's manual, be it a car or an appliance or a toy or whatever? Um, the person that created that thing that you bought is typically the one who creates the manual. And when you have a problem or a question and you can't figure it out yourself because 99% of us will try and figure it out ourselves before we actually go to the manual, (laughs) especially will. (laughs) Um, But... But when you finally give up and you can't figure it out, what do you do? You go and you open the owner's manual and you look at it and you figure out what it is you're supposed to be doing. This is our owner's manual. God designed us and this is how we're supposed to live. And when he tells us, I want you to rest on the seventh day, We need to rest because every one of us, going back to Genesis 127, are created in God's image. And when we don't follow the manual and the design that God has for our lives, we're going to break. And a lot of times, that break isn't pretty. For me, it was getting sick for two weeks. I haven't been that sick, and I can't tell you when. I don't know if I've ever been that sick since I was a baby. I don't remember it. But I tell you, if we don't follow God's design for our lives, we are going to break. 
And what is that going to look like for us? For everybody, it's going to be different. It could be family issues. It could be health issues. It could be depression. It could be loneliness. It could be relationship issues, spiritual depletion, anything that just distracts you and takes you away from the Lord could be that. And if you don't allow yourself to break, to rest, you are going to break. It may not have happened now or yet, but it will. And honestly, I don't want it to happen to me again because I realized that I wasn't giving God the time that he required of me. And he got my attention. But if you establish now a spiritual discipline of work-rest balance in your life, um, the way that God designed us from the very beginning, you're going to see the Lord's blessing on your life. <coughs> when Dave and I were in Montana, we had a, a church member, and he was one of the elders of the church, and he was also a rancher or a farmer. And he probably had um, the largest ownership of land in the area we were in. Um, and he farmed wheat. And during harvest season, he never missed a Sunday. He did not work, and he did not allow any of his farmhands to work on Sunday. Sunday was, his day, was their day off. Whereas most ranchers and farmers in that area they worked seven days a week to bring in the harvest. And he never allowed his workers to work on Sundays. And he didn't work on Sunday, and nor did his wife. And I tell you, he was the most successful farmer in our entire county because he observed the Sabbath, and the Lord blessed him. So I mentioned earlier um, that taking a couple hours here and a couple hours here on different days um, is not necessarily a Sabbath because there's a difference between taking a break and taking a Sabbath rest. For me, before I got sick and realized all of this, um, my rest was on my phone checking my work email. It was looking at the calendar and thinking, how much time do I have to do this? It was looking around my house and saying, oh, I need to clean. It was looking at the yard and saying, oh, I need to cut wood. Um, it was constantly thinking about all of those things that I have not had the time to get to. And when you're doing that, you're not focusing on the Lord. And that's the difference between taking a break and taking a rest. Um, it's not a Sabbath rest when you're constantly thinking about everything else you need to be doing. Where do the kids need to go next week? What appointments do I have next week? Um, we're not living in the moment and we're not focusing on the Lord. When God says in Genesis 2-3 that God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, sanctified it, he's saying this is a holy day. This is a day that is set apart just for him. And so we need to be focusing on the Lord and not be consumed with everything else that's going on in our lives. The Sabbath day should be a day that we are refreshed. Um, 
It's a day we invite the Lord into that day as a part of that day and where you pause and reflect on his goodness. Maybe you spend time somewhere with him. Um, but we need to be reflecting on everything that God has done for us on those day, in that day. And it's a day that is a blessing and holy unto the Lord. And before I actually go into what that could look like, um, we'll get back to the question, what day is the Sabbath day? Is it Saturday? Or is it Sunday? Or is it any day of the week you choose as long as you observe it? Um, honestly, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. Um, but I'll tell you what I learned. Um, originally, the Sabbath day was Saturday. Um, actually, Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. And prior to Jesus, it was a very strict legalistic expectation of doing absolutely no work um, on that day. They couldn't, um, believe it or not, they couldn't spit. Because if you spit, you could make clay or mud, and you could use that to work. Um, one of the things that um, Mark Joby said was, um, you're not supposed to look in the mirror. Because if a woman saw a gray hair, she might pluck it. And that would be considered work. Um, there are actually kosher hotels in Israel today that if you get in, a ho in an elevator on Saturday, you can't push a button. It is programmed to stop at every single floor every time the elevator moves because pushing a button is considered work. Uh-oh. Um, so, getting back to where I was, I lost my place. Elevator. Elevator, okay. So, um, it was really, really strict and really legalistic. Um, the Pharisees, the religious leaders at the time of Jesus, um, they put restrictions on the people um, that actually hurt them more than they helped them. And these restrictions were according to their interpretation of the law and what they expected. Um, and then along comes Jesus. And what does he do? He heals people on the Sabbath. Um, the uh, disciples were plucking grain and eating on the Sabbath um, and preparing it. Um, and it, it kind of makes sense as to why the Pharisees wanted to stone and kill Jesus because they believed he was violating the Sabbath. And that was the punishment for violating the Sabbath, was death. Um, and so they were ready to kill him. But Jesus changed everything. And we know that he did um, just by his resurrection. But he changed the day that people started worshiping. Um, Sunday was the day that Jesus rose from the dead. And it's an act that has forever separated Christianity from any other religion. Um, since that time, believers have gathered on the first day of the week. And they celebrate his victory over sin and death. And even though the Sabbath day was designated by God as a holy day, Jesus demonstrated that he was Lord over the Sabbath. Mark 2, verses 27 and 28 states, And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. And this verse indicates that the Sabbath was supposed to be helpful to the people, not hurtful, which is what the Pharisees were doing to the church. Um, and Jesus is our Sabbath. 
he is our rest. Uh, Matthew 5.17 states, Jesus states in this passage that he came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And that says he became the Sabbath. And the Pharisees were focused on rule keeping, which could not justify anyone. And all it did was really just hinder the people. And only through Jesus could our sins be declared righteous. He's the only one that could do that. And Paul states in Colossians 2, 16 and 17, Therefore do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Again, Jesus is our Sabbath. And although we should set aside a day for rest and honoring the Lord who died and rose for us, we're not under that law either. Romans 6.14 says, For sin shall have no dominion over you, for you are not under law but under grace. And Romans 14 gives us a clear explanation of how Christians are to navigate those gray areas of discipleship. Verses 4 through 10 says, One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. With all that being said, there's nowhere in Scripture that it says that the Sabbath day changed from Saturday to Sunday or to any day that you want it to be. Um, However, Jesus' resurrection changed the day that his followers came to worship. And so we come here on the first day of the week, on a Sunday, and we fellowship. Um, That's what has been going on since Jesus rose from the dead. That doesn't mean that you can't observe the Sabbath on Saturday. That doesn't mean you you should only observe the Sabbath on Sunday. That doesn't mean you can't pick and choose a day during the week. I think it's all about the condition of the heart. Acts 20 verse 7 says, Now on the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread. Another example of the first day of the week. I don't know what day it is. But I think, like I just said, it depends on your heart. And what does the Lord tell you? I just know that it's not supposed to be a legalistic binding day where you feel oppressed. Um, It needs to be a day where you feel free. It needs to be a day where you get in touch with the Lord. It needs to be a day where you fellowship with other believers. Um, You need to be present in the moment. Um, You need to be present with the Lord. And what does a day of observing the Sabbath look like? It could look like Sunday morning, coming to church. Um, It could be fellowshipping after church like we're going to do next week when we go to potluck. Um, It could be having lunch with friends and family after church. Um, It could be a hike, um, enjoying his creation. Um, It could be taking a nap. It could be reading a good book. Um, It could be playing games with your children or grandchildren. Whatever it is, it's about spending time with the people you love and spending time with the Lord. It's going to take practice, and it's not easy. 
And it's one of the reasons that Dave and I changed our high school youth group from Sunday nights to Tuesday nights. Um, I've realized that after five years of doing ministry with the teens in this county, um, Dave and I had no time to ourselves. We liked to think that Sunday was a day of rest for us, but it never was because we would get home from church and then we would have to turn around and go back to youth group in the afternoons. So we really couldn't do anything. Um, we couldn't go up into the mountains and collect wood because we loved to do that. Um, because who knew what was going to happen and we had to be back for youth group. Um, Saturdays were always filled with either something going on with the youth group or um, cleaning my house and doing yard work. Um, and I'll tell you, the other thing I've started doing in the last several weeks, um, I have started setting aside 30 minutes each morning to do one chore in my house. Um, and so, like, one morning I will vacuum and sweep, and then another morning I will clean the bathroom, and then another morning I will do the counters in the kitchen. Um, just different things every single morning. And that leaves my Saturdays and Sundays free to where I don't have to do anything. And I tell you, my house has never stayed cleaner. <laughs> I was kind of shocked. <laughs> but I'm still struggling. Um, you know, this is only the second Sunday where we haven't had youth group. Um, and so I'm looking at my day after, you know, church today, and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? Um, I'm kind of looking forward to um, having lunch with some friends and then going home and taking a nap because we were up late last night with the, with the, two, with the students at the corn maze. Um, so I want to finish with one last thing. The Sabbath, if observed, provides a deeper rest for our souls. It isn't that what we all want, rest in our souls. Um, when our souls are restful, feelings of anxiety and being overwhelmed really just wash away. Hebrews 4, 9 through 11 says, There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. And Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, Come to me, all you who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Sabbath rest is an invitation for us to practice for eternity. It's where we regularly, intentionally engage with God in our hearts. We have to stop working to truly rest in God's presence. And when we practice intentional rest, we make room for him in our hearts and in our lives. Jesus is your Sabbath. And I encourage you, if you haven't observed a Sabbath rest, that you try it and you take that time. Um, and if you choose a certain day, try to not do anything on that day that to you is work. Because what you're doing is you're telling God that that day that was important to him is not important to you.
So if you're striving um, to do things that you shouldn't be doing, let them go. They're going to be there tomorrow. And I've really started learning that just in the last couple of weeks that I can only do so much. And while I think that all of the things that I do are good, when it takes my focus away from God and away from what he wants for me, I am telling him that what he wants for me is not as important. And that relationship is the most important relationship in my life. And so I need to remember that while I'm doing some great things for the Lord, I also need to learn to rest for the Lord. So allow him to be your rest and take a day. Pray with me. Father God, Lord, thank you. Thank you for Sabbath rest and just the opportunity, Lord, to engage with you in a day where all we do is think of you and we allow you to work in our lives. Lord, I just pray that you would just help each and every one of us to focus on that, to take the time, Lord, to just honor you with a day and remember that it was important to you, so it needs to be important to us. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. Amen. Will and Allie, where did Allie go? I encourage you, if if the Lord really spoke to you today, um, take an opportunity during this time of reflection um, to come forward and pray or stay in your seat and pray and just allow God to speak to you. Um, tell him what's on your mind and just ask him to show you um, how to arrange your schedule in order to do that. I turn it